fellow travelers to the Never Ending Adventure Podcast. My name is DJ Nettie P, as always, uh, coming at you live with the NPR mic and NPR voice today. Feeling uh, oh. feeling real nice and, uh, and chill here. Oh, you sound so NPR <laughs> in my ears oh, right now. Just get, You get really close to the mic and you get that ASMR going. Yeah, yeah. Hey, fellow, welcome fellow travelers to the Adventure Time Podcast. We, I don't think I'm as good at it as you are. You you, we, we you know went, that you, you came went like here. higher pitched with your voice. <laughs> <laughs> we know that you came here oh, for hey, Adventure we... Time Talk. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to do Keith <laughs> yeah, Russell's, Russell's NPR voice goes weirdly too quick to to a <laughs> a, a witch or hey, something welcome, of the welcome to the Never Ending Adventure Adventure Time Podcast. My name is Russell Tindall. Blah blah blah. Poop. Uh, welcome everybody. Yeah. Sorry I'm for that glad intro, back, man. It's been it's been a while since we've been hot on the mics here. Yeah, it has been a little bit. You were at a wedding this weekend. Your best yes. man over here. Best man, bestish minch. Yeah, I mean, can't be surprised. Come on, I've got to be jealous of anyone who's going to choose Nettie P as his best man. That yeah, it was, dude, it, dope. Was, it was fun. It was a daggum like heck of a lot of logistics planning. So this is that's why I'm in more of a chill uh, mood tonight because this is maybe my. my my nice restful day today, so I'm <laughs> I'm enjoying it. It's a good way to wrap up a good restful day. Yeah, and you you confirmed with me off the podcast that you are not hungover. And no, I refuse I'm not to believe hungover. it. I refuse to believe that. But oh no, that is what you said. That is it is it is. We we ate a lot of late night pizza. I think that soaked everything up. So I think That's we're great. good there. But well, today we are new, talking. Yeah. Uh, we are. Yeah, wait, if you're new to the podcast, I was uh, missing. Yeah. If you're new to the podcast, I've never seen it before. And Ned, this was such a great episode. Yeah, man. Season three, episode 10. Great, great way. Again, I think we've not been bored with some of the season three episodes. We've had some great ones, but this has been kind of what you always look for. You want that canon character development, even if it's not exciting or explosive or expands the universe. I just know you really like it. And it was explosive and it... Gave me chills at a moment. And I think I already have a number one song prediction for the season. You want to know mm. what it is, Ned? From I can gun? guess. Pasta, it, water, getting hotter. A song about noodles. <laughs> a song about noodles. <laughs> I just yeah, loved how he had unwrapped ramen in his book bag. But not only that, <laughs> when Mars is like, I'm going to go get some stuff to cook it. And raw he's like, ramen. Cook it. <laughs> He's yeah. just been eating <laughs> Did he? raw ramen. That. Um, That's so funny. Not to mention that apparently we did. Lo- we have learned that ramen uh, survives or has the ability to shelf life through a nuclear apocalypse of some sort. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. I don't think <laughs> bugs either would go for just raw ramen, right? So I'm sure it's just untouched. Just who cares if it's in your backpack? I'd I'd probably still eat it. Yeah, I'd I'd say that, or there would be, you know, the second theory and behind that one would be if there was a ramen princess, which would would work with wavy hair and all that stuff. Oh, Um, I'm sure there is. There's got to be. Or like Chinese food kingdom or something like that. I don't don't know. You know what just hit me about this episode, Ned? What? And this isn't even barely on my notes, but we totally forgot about uh, the toys kid. I know. 
the I, I read a good note about that line in the beginning of the episode when the door lord is busting through, stealing up everybody's stuff. Finn runs by the little candy person uh, who was my backup lovely of this episode, I will have to say. We'll get to the normal ones later. But the candy wow. kid okay. that's playing with the train, and he's like, I'll get your kid back, toy. And apparently that was <laughs> a misspoken line by Adam Muto in this episode when he was doing the storyboard writing. And everybody in the writer's room thought it was just so funny that they, <laughs> they were like, just keep it in there. That's hilarious. That's great. So. We got a really cool setting for this episode, just to kind of lay the ground of what we're talking about. And in case you're not mm-hmm. familiar with the name, what was missing, we go to the Red Rock Pass, which we've seen, and it came from the Ninosphere, which is mm-hmm. the first episode of season two, I believe. Mm-hmm. We also saw it in Susan Strong, though I don't recall necessarily seeing it in Susan Strong, but that's what the Wikipedia page was saying. Yeah, it's, it was when it's Susan. It's so cool. Um, she pushes the rock off the top. I th- or no, no, no. That was still in Nightosphere. But yeah, I think it was really briefly in the Susan Strong. Or maybe episode. she crushes when she crushes the rock. Yeah, I think that's a low what it level is. enemy. Yeah, yes. that is yeah, what it is. Okay, but that is well, the man. primary setting for this one. So it's cool that yeah, it's it's such a non is a it's a trench essentially. So it's cool to see that mm-hmm. we are getting repeating settings in the in the world. You know, and the the only notable inhabitants that I know of are ants. Our ants in that little and door lords apparently now. So <laughs> door lords. Yeah, I don't I know. know. And that's kind of the funny thing is is maybe I can't tell if this was like the uh, official hidden doorway was at that location, or if the door lord could have popped open that door at any at any point, you know, any I think place. He could. But maybe I think it was just a special key, perhaps. But essentially yeah. there's a door that Finn and Jake and Princess Bubblegum and Marceline and Bemo are trying to get through, and on the door you have the inscription, this door shall yield to no command save for a song from a genuine band. And so our our crew, our, our babies, all get together and... Uh, little babies. Little babies all get together and try and form a band. I mean, who hasn't done that? Everybody's formed a band before, right? I, I formed a band. <laughs> I know. What was, your, what was the name of yours again? It was... um. Oh gosh, which one? I don't even know if you've shared that <laughs> with everybody. Well, no, you had two in college, I know, right? Yeah, I had one in, well, I was in a, a worship band and then I was also in an alternative rock band in college. And then growing up early, early on, I had my first band, the one that I formed with my best buddies. And only two of us went on to become musicians by any standard of being a musician was just a system of a down cover band. And that's, I think at this point in my career, I think I would rather point people to that because there's no music to be found from that terrible band. <laughs> but then my high school band and my college band, there is music out there on the interwebs Uh-oh. that maybe someday people will find and I can be embarrassed. But yeah, y'all can y'all fun. can do some Google digging for that. Russell will send you on a little adventure of your own to go find <laughs> his college band music. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. If, I'm a if drummer. If you find it, if you find learn. it, send send Russell a link. Give him a review no. of his album in our email address. <laughs> well, I was yeah, going to sure. say because because both of us are in the music world, in the music business space now. But you are definitely one that sits on the more creative end of things. So I would ask you, you know, from your time as doing like music management stuff and in band stuff. What was your analysis of kind of all the music breakdowns here? Like oh my good, gosh. bad, what defines a real band? Because I just wanted to get kind of your your gut reaction from this whole episode. 
Yeah. Well, I think every band has to have a jerk in it. And I think you have that in Jake and we needed that because every good band has a jerk in it. <laughs> that was the reason it succeeded. Um, man, this is such a loaded question because there are so many things I want to talk about in the music world and about this band and just in general, this episode, the whole episode's about music, which is, mm-hmm. you know, we share a, a deep passion, man. I've gotten so deep in the Daft Punk recently and that's all because of you. Yeah. Certainly. So good, man. Oh, they're so good. Um, but with this, we already said his name, Jake. He's my lovely. Give, give, give me some sugar, baby. Mm-hmm. He was my lovely too. Oh, dude, but Jake specifically, is just phenomenal. Specifically, Rip Jeans Punk Rock Jake was <laughs> yeah. was my lovely of the episode. Sexiest character and loveliest character of the episode was Rip Jeans Punk Rock Jake. Oh, and a great fact I actually yeah. read about that was there was a storyboarded scene that uh, Jake actually is they when whenever they're in Marcy's house or they go back to Marcy's house. Jake's like ripping on her and he's like, I'm going to steal one of your jeans. And she mentioned, she's like, I liked it better when you were scared of me. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently those are Marcy's jeans. Okay, great. He goes, um, so I know what's missing talent. I'm getting out of here. You hacks, talentless hacks. hacks. (laughs) And then, uh, he saves the day. Essentially. It's really the reason why Jake is my lovely for this episode. Okay. Jake, totally saves the day without him saying that line and like cutting up and Marcy laughing and going, yikes after Marceline's song and the reveal of like her deep emotions and princess bubblegum's face, their reaction, they were so pissed off at each other. I truly believe that she would not have gone and gotten the ramen or a cooker for the ramen. She would have just left. I I think she would just left. The day would have been over. And so his Jake, Jake saved the day. He kind of maybe this was on like intentional. Maybe it was just kind of a Jakeism, but that lightheartedness, keeping this you know a situation that obviously was pretty high tensions from the beginning. That his actions were there to like literally be like, hey, people, like the drama can be on me. I can be the drama. You guys just like hang out and chill and be friends and stuff like that to kind of be aware the diversion. He's really aware of that. Yeah, I think he just like has. Probably kind of that like, man, you're not watching One Piece right now. But Luffy has this weird, the main character of One Piece, weird like innate sense of empathy and awareness of people to where he knows exactly what to say or to do in order to get on people's like the right side or to win them over Mm -hmm. or like in a situation where like punch his friend and everyone would be like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? And then in the next scene, the friend will be like, yeah, that was like what he should have done. Like, I, I get it. I was in the wrong. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's kind of this. And I think Jake is kind of using that a little bit. Like and also when skill. he pretends to quit yeah. the band, it's just so great. Jake is fantastic this episode. I, just, I, I thought it was great when he backed away. And, and this might have been, I had several tops of this episode, I feel like. But one of my favorite ones was when he backs away and he's like, oh, I quit the band. He's like, it's all good. I'm just acting. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, like, it was so funny. But then yeah. Finn says, you know, be nicer to each other and hang out as buds. And I just wanted to mention, like, what's more genuine than a band hating each other? Yeah, We've seen that's it true. time and time. Like, the Beatles, they all quit at some point. Fleetwood Mac hated each other. Van Halen, the two Van Halen, or the two, yeah, Van Halen brothers. And then David Lee Roth hated each other. Oasis, two brothers, hated each other. And they quit the band. Like, 
Of course, you got to have a jerk, and you got to quit the band at some point, and it all yeah. it all happens. We all quit. I quit. Um, well, I guess my college band just kind of broke up because we were all doing different things after college. But I quit two bands, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, not as much with disdain and anger no. or anything like that. So, well, one of them was a little bit of disdain for my high school band, but it was kind of more. I got fired and. No one told me I was fired, but it was really just because I was at college and I wasn't yeah. back in Gwinnett County, like trying to be in a, a band. I was trying to yeah. be in college. So. Which is which is understandable, you know. So yeah. no no hate, at least with that band. We, we won't have Dude, Russell I mean, screaming I came back. talentless yeah. hacks. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, dude, I went back I mean, fresh, after freshman year. All of freshman year, I was still in that band. And the summer of freshman year of college, I was still in that band. I just, for whatever reason, sophomore year rolled around and I, we had a gig and I wasn't told about it. So who knows? Dang. But yeah, man, what freaking talentless hacks. Freaking Get out of here. Talentless hacks, man. Two of those uh, well, guys on that note though, I, because we were talking about Jake being our lovely. So I did have, I mean, Jake was solid in this episode. Obviously we loved him. I did have a mistake though. Making bacon pancakes. When he comes out, he does straight up bust his viola. And then you see- Shelby for a brief second, for like a moment, crawl back into the b- busted up viola, and then at the very end, it's just like duct taped together. And I was like, I'm all about Jake playing the part, man, but you you just busted your viola, like your special thing, man. You know? Does he tape it up with duct tape? I don't think they show it, but yeah, he smashes it before Finn does his uh, best friends in the world song, and but then yeah, Jake the jumps into starts- song playing it again but it's it's duct taped in the middle but i'm like dude also you just like total disregard for shelby's home like it it needs to be a shared space between jake's musical talents and shelby's actually home actual 100 you know agree. So that was my that was my i don't know did you have any other jake mistakes that you could have thought of there i don't really have any jake mistakes like i said i i love jake in this episode i think he's fantastic i was so distracted by the music and just jake and PB and Marceline and my debate in my head of who's sexier. Is it PB? <laughs> I'm digging her sw- her sweater, the dress combo, and her hair's pulled back. But then also, like, Marceline's got a tank top and the sun hat fit going oh, she on. she got glow in the axe. Such cool, like, boots on in this episode I, with, the like, the bows on the back of the boots. I thought that was really cool. Marceline is my sexy character. I want to have your baby. It's her singing. Her singing won me <laughs> over. PB it doesn't probably, have that natural musical talent. She had the show. She went like, all right, let's go into music theory and do this quintuplet blah, blah, blah thing. Nah, man. It's all no, about from the heart. And that's what the door the wanted. The door wanted something straight from the heart, something mm-hmm. sincere. Well, and it goes to show, I mean, a lot of Marcy's song writing and song playing and musical ability is definitely... I would say therapeutic for her. Like she has to open up and express her real emotions via music because she doesn't do that with dialogue. She doesn't do that with relationships. And I don't blame her. She was, in theory, she was alone for thousands of years, you know? Um, So she had to figure out a way to express herself as well as work out emotional issues. And you really get to see that it is it wasn't just daddy, why did you eat my fries? Cause that was the first instance again, where she fully expressed something via song that she was not going to express 
by just talking and sitting down with that person. Um, so this one is obviously expresses way deeper feelings that we only had theoretically speakings about like when we saw them in the, uh, the movie episode, when Finn takes Marcy to the movies, um, Go we me. now yeah. see it in this episode that everything that you were theorizing about, about their relationship, like you're like, oh, this is like, there was a falling out. There is this And it's weird very straightforward tension. about it, right? Yeah. They're not absolutely. really even hinting at it. I mean, it feels so obvious that, oh yeah, they were, they were dating for yeah, sure. They, I mean, she calls flies, her a pretty pink face. I mean, it would, for yeah. a kid viewing For a kid, it, it flies under the radar still. think anything of it, certainly. Yeah. But I, and we'll talk more about, I think, their relationship probably after the commercial and our thoughts on that song, because that's such an in-depth moment and all mm-hmm. of their interactions throughout this episode. We'll dive into that just a touch more. But yeah, I, dude, gosh, it's just so good. Yeah. The, and oh, I think what I was does... going to say is the the LGBT, that's what I'm, where my brain was going. Yeah, like representation in this show has been really phenomenal as well as something else that like as a kid, you're probably not thinking much of unless you're struggling with or not. I say that as in like your life is rough because people aren't accepting kind of a struggle, not like, you know, you think you're gay. Like, no, like you're struggling with people accepting who you are for what you are and, and all that and who you are, or whatever. But, you know, you have BMO as We've mentioned as before. Non, yeah, like a non-binary, non-binary character. Right. And then we kind of jokingly were like, I don't know what Abracadaniel's vibe is. <laughs> yeah, like a mushroom man, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, mushroom penis maybe that's man the, who is the plus sexual. of LGBTQ plus yeah, is like not whatever Abracadaniel is. He goes after the kiss because he feels like he deserves it because he won the competition, you know? And then you have BB and Marceline, who both, I guess, are bisexual. I don't know if they ever say or if they ever like define how they feel, but certainly Princess Bubblegum once dated the old Mr. Cream Puff. And Marceline dated Ash for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then they dated each other. So yeah. it's yeah. very and cool. It's still, they do a good job of like opening this all up in this episode without again explicitly staying like stating it. So that kind of helps the more with the storytelling in Adventure Time because Finn is still just young enough where it kind of, I think, flies over his head a little bit. He's not like, he still doesn't end this episode with like, you guys definitely yeah. dated. I think Finn's thinking of it because he's sitting down there and he's like the best friends and he's like, I don't care. And even, and I've got deeper thoughts about, you know, Finn's song and his feelings towards PB but yeah. this was like, and he I just think mentions his mind when y'all like, got mad last night. He doesn't say anything about like, oh, what was that tension? He's just like, when y'all were mad at each other, it was still yeah. great. But he's, still yeah, and he's, he's not enough emotionally rounded to, I think, have picked up on that, you know, the complexities of what Marcy was singing about. And I think he was like enamored that the door started opening when she sang the song and he kind of probably stopped listening a little bit. That's totally what he zoned in on. He's like, okay, yeah, what about, because afterwards he's like, Oh, what, what was it? What was causing the door to open up? Was it the vocals? Was it, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's the truth, which she finds out later or being sincere. I love though that just everybody, I mean, poor PB in a way, like everybody has issues with PB in this episode. Like they are yeah. ripping on her. She's just hanging out at the end. We find out that she has the t-shirt, right? 
But it's like, and she means well in this episode. She's trying to help out or whatever. And the whole time, I don't even know if she's initiating. I think it's really just Marceline's just going after her. And she breaks BMO, like catches him on fire. <laughs> and Finn is also being like, what am I? Am I your knight? You know, everybody's going after Princess Bubblegum this episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, she, at least she didn't get really defensive too much about it. Like, and, until like Marcy started yelling at her. But you yes. saw that I think she was probably didn't jump on the defensive train because her uh, thing that she was, and my theme, kind of my overarching theme was that everybody had something that needed to be honestly stated out loud. And PB doesn't jump into it to the very end. She grabs a t-shirt and she was like, yeah, I, you know, she is honest about it at the end, but there was obviously something about, um, her kind of blushing and running over and grabbing the t-shirt where she didn't want Marcy to know about that. Um, yeah, I agree. And so, cause she could have just told her that like when Marcy was getting all upset oh. and stuff, she didn't jump in and say like, Hey, I still no care way. about you, you know? Just imagine so, being in her place. There's no way you're going to tell somebody that you held on to a t-shirt years after y'all broke yeah, up sort of a thing. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. And, and I don't know if it's pride at that point or embarrassment or she... It's just one of those things that you just are too afraid to say or don't feel like they need to be said anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of probably, it... I don't know. I don't know the relationship because I'm the guy who's never seen the show. Yeah, but, but in a breakup, a like I'm it, not going to tell is, um, someone that I held on to something because I still have feelings for them. Yeah, well, I, and what you do, and I don't think this is too much of a spoiler drop, but Mike, you can drop a spoiler drop note in here if you would like. Is that PB again? I know it's not explicitly stated. It's even kind of uh, pseudo mentioned here that she kind of chose the Candy Kingdom, chose the princess life over a relationship with Marceline. Um, and really a relationship with anybody else per se, you know, that, that, uh, when Marcy in the song and she's like, I'm not, you know, like one of those little, uh, candy people that, you know, follows you around and kowtows to you. Like you're perfect. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we can't help but get into the songs. They're so good. I know. I know. So, but we'll, (laughs) we'll take a break because we'll, we'll dissect the song a little bit more. Um, we'll dig into, I've got a big kind of overarching theme that both of the, actually all of the songs, um, even PB's little weird song is is I think has a really important, uh, cool contextual thing I found about it. So I think that's gonna be it's gonna be fun to dissect it. Sounds good. All right, send it. All right, door lord, where were you Sunday, July seventeenth at six forty seven p.m. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you're trying to tell me right now that a child, two girls, and a remote control toy came in and beat you up. (laughs) Well, I'm looking around. We are in your room right now, and I'm looking around, and I'm seeing all these, these toys, these items, and these are all just yours? You just collect all of these things? Seems seems kind of random. Seems as if you don't really have. Um, uh, let me. I need. I need to uh, purchase receipts. Give me receipts. You have receipts. <laughs> All right. All right. Door lord. I have to go get my partner 
Babyface, I'm going to take you downtown. I know you've been stealing these things. There's no way, kid, a dog, two girls, and a toy beat you up. Oh, boy, I'm Babyface, and we're going to whoop your ass. All right. That's right. We're beating you up, too. Welcome back, fellow travelers. I apologize for that. Our, our non-ad slash bit about the <laughs> door lord interrogation. It was a one take. And to tell you the truth, we should probably do way more takes than we ever do. No, um, Got to have that ad lib mentality with our ads. Bad, bad our, lib. Our, 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 yeah. Well, ad we're talking libs. about Princess Bubblegum and Marcy. Let's get into Princess Bubblegum and Marcy this episode. We, we, gosh, what is their, their first re- this is the most dang man. I mean, this is the most we've seen them interact. Yeah, since and you were seeing you power were. animal. They mm-hmm. were there, but they weren't interacting. And then go with me. They had that kind of what? What did she call her? Peebles or something like that? Yeah, Poibles. Or no, that was Finn called her no. Poibles, and then she calls her Bonnabelle. Bonnabelle. Like, this, she's that's the only right. one at this point that's calling her by her name. Name. You know. Yep, that's true. Well, so they're talking about the Door Lord and how. Princess Pelgrim says, like, the door lords, they kept escaping or they kept breaking out because they're the lords <laughs> yeah, of they doors. Yeah, so of course by they did. Um, and Marcy says, they broke out because you let them live, which is such a, the implication on that is so good. Yeah. But it shows a little bit of that conflict beginning, right? And then Marcy goes in, she's going to play her bass riff. And she says, just keep it cool. Got that, princess? And so again, it's that that tension just at the beginning of this episode. It's building... I love it because you don't have to see the rest of the show, but man, this episode is so much better if you have seen the rest of the episodes leading up to this episode. Mm-hmm. And they're playing their music. They're not grooving together. That first section of the song, the instrumentals, in my opinion, feel like very uh, all over, like they're overstepping. They're all on top of each other. It doesn't sound good. It's not consistent. They're all playing for themselves and they're not playing for the good of the tune itself. But mm-hmm. then you have or Marcy's lyrics come in, which are just unreal. I mean, and they're so deep from the get-go. I'm going to bury you in the ground. I'm going to drink the red from your pretty pink face. Well, see, I had a I had a note about the, just the, the beginning of the song starts yeah, yeah. with when they just start playing and she goes, I'm going to bury you in the ground, all this stuff. I think the song started out about the door lord and like she was going to bury the door lord in the ground. And then as she kind of gets lost in the music – it accidentally starts to become about Princess Bubblegum. But it's the second line. The second line is, I'm yeah. going to drink the red from your pretty pink face. That's what which, I'm, I'm thinking. It started bury you in the ground or whatever. It was like, okay, cool. We're doing, we're doing a screw you door Lord song. And then it transitioned because like all that she has emotionally is songs and emotions. So about maybe just that PB. one line because she doesn't yeah. really want to bury Princess Bubblegum in the ground. Yeah, and that's why Perhaps. when the song ends, she kind of hits that last note of how she was feeling. And and well, yeah, you'll read it in a second, but hits yeah, that last note. It. And then she loses it when she goes back to the lyrics about burying you in the ground. And she's like, what was I What was I thinking about? Like, you know? Yeah, maybe so. So what I just thought was interesting was drink the red from their pretty paint face. As this goes on, there is a moment and we see Princess Bubblegum's face reacting and there's three different times in this episode where she goes kind of pale. Or the first two times, she's not actually pale, but the light from the door of the door lord shows so brightly on her face when 
Marcy is in her most like deep and dark moment of that song, most sincere moment. And mm-hmm. PB has this these two lines over her eye or over like around really. It's like above and below her eyes. She's just totally pale and she's truly white in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like she's like pale, white, dead, whatever you want to say. Like she's emotionless other than just in awe of what is happening, what she's saying to her. Um, and anyways, so PB stops her with the, I'm going to drink the, the red from your pretty pink face. PB says the line that is all over TikTok. Well, actually, sorry, Marcy says that, but Marceline, that's too distasteful. And then Marceline, of course, says, um, oh, you don't like that? Or do you just not like me? Mm-hmm. And then goes right into, I'm just your problem, which is written by Rebecca Sugar. Um, and let's let's get into it. Some lines that I thought were really interesting. Sorry, I don't treat you like a goddess. This is right after that. Sorry, I don't treat you like a goddess. Is that what you want me to do? Sorry, I don't treat you like you're perfect, like all your loyal subjects do, which that is yeah. some good ass writing, dude. Yeah. And it That's goes great. to show that, you know, the way that she is ruling the Candy Kingdom and what we've been able to analyze, but it's not explicitly stated, is that she is like she creates her little loyal, loyal subjects and that they, she is kind of this like, everyone's in line. I can't yeah. do any wrong because everybody's in line type mentality, you know? Yeah. Sorry, I'm not made of sugar. Am I not sweet enough for you? Dude. So, and then a little (laughs) further on, um, I shouldn't have to prove anything to you. I'm sorry that I exist. I forgot what landed me on your blacklist. She doesn't even recall the conflict. Mm -hmm. She has no idea. Did PB do something to her to make her forget? Or was it just been so long and they just haven't talked about it in so long? Or for whatever reason, she's blocked it out in her mind. And maybe it was even something that doesn't even matter. Maybe it was so yeah, small and minuscule that You do that, learn a more about the exact interaction that happened uh, in the Varmints episode. That's I think that's like all the way in season six to eight, whenever the Varmints episode is. Okay. They have this heart-to-heart and pretty much sit down and talk about it and say, like, what was the reason that we stopped being friends like and they don't again they don't explicitly say dating but they're like what happened and neither one of them can really recall something specifically that they did but they remember how they felt about the other person and getting hurt and both of them were hurt uh in essence so that's kind of like i think why princess bubblegum and in this song is caught off guard like you said kind of white-faced um blushing a little bit because i think she didn't know that marcy had all these pent-up feelings Uh, again i think whatever it was it was adult enough of a parting of ways where there was emotions hurt but it wasn't like oh yeah you did this one thing breakup like it wasn't an ash breakup you know totally and i'm sure the ash breakup we saw what he had done to her we saw that that was over time years i mean that wasn't just like a one moment that was certainly build up build up build up build up Mm -hmm. you know like Okay, this is the final straw with Ash. Mm-hmm. Um, but she goes on there to sing, uh, I shouldn't have to be the one to make it up to you. So why? Why do I want to? Why do I want to? And of course, in my opinion, she's like, she tries to back out because she realizes kind of what you were saying. Like she's tro- totally being completely honest. She's sharing her heart to Princess Bubblegum, to everyone there witnessing what's happening. And she's all of a sudden, as this song's kind of like, it's almost like the the tempo or 
how fast she's singing slows down enough for her to process what she's truly saying. And yeah, she's exactly. trying to back out. She goes, bear you in the ground and gets back into that and drink the blood from your... Uh, and she... And of course, Princess Bubblegum is staring at her. She's looking at her. She's in awe. She's totally pale hearing what Marcy has to say about her. And it throws both of them for a loop and especially yeah. Marcy right there. And she blames it on Princess Bubblegum. Yeah, I think, well, the the blaming, the blame game here is, I think, Marcy's way of deflecting um, about potentially something that she did in a potentially a way that she's not handled this relationship. But the big thing I saw with the overall part of the song is that, you know, it starts out like violent, then gets into, I'm going to say mean things about you. Like, I don't treat you like a goddess is going straight after her. Ends with her getting to more of a soft, cushy Tootsie Pop center where she's like, why do I, why do I still want to make up with you? Like, why do I still want to be the one that tries really hard? And I think it's this, I, I see the song as this emotional damaging cycle is that every time Marcy thinks about PB, she gets angry at first, really thinks about it emotionally, starts getting sad. And then her defense mechanism for every time I feel sad, I just get mad again. So that's why she cycles back to "I'd bury you" and doing mad lyrics. And she's in this like the more mad she gets, then she gets sad, and that makes her mad that she's sad. Um, and she just going in a full circle mm. there, and never is able to vocalize or even lay out emotionally how she feels and express that to PB in a healthy way because she's just stuck in this emotional drying cycle, you know? Yeah. And as far as the song is concerned, this is a song that gave me chills. Yeah. I was in awe. The use of the door opening up and getting louder and it's so dissonant and kind of gives this eerie tone and it just works so well with what she's doing and causes you to just kind of have this like, emotional like overbearing feeling occurring mm -hmm. it's great it's phenomenal and i love that the lights get brighter and brighter and the the noise is just uh you know getting mm -hmm. louder and louder fantastic i i want to say with both these songs rebecca sugar wrote both of them and i think she did a phenomenal job taking in the history of the show and just knowledge of what's happened in the show so far and then also having it be revealing, having it be so deep for both of these characters and be so aware of their age and their feelings with Finn, especially, and how he feels. And then at the same time, not have to feel like a Disney pop hit song. They yeah, both don't they, feel like something you could put on repeat over and over and over again. You can, and they're great, and I love them. But at the same time, they're not songs that... like. Bruno, whatever, you know, it's not like a song that's just going to be an earworm for the rest of your life and going to be on the top 100 billboard. And they're not trying to be, it's, it's these characters that are young or inexperienced or Marcy plays bass and it's her way of getting her emotions out. Like, I, you know, I'm not great at drums anymore, you know, but I still play drums and I do it and I could write a little song and it would be very heartfelt, but it's not necessarily the best thing ever. And I think Rebecca Sugar, as a talented songwriter, reflects the songs reflect that, reflects her knowledge of how those characters would actually write a song and sing the song. It's mm -hmm. very cool. And it, 
And I thought the way that they were written and played musically as well was really genius in the fact that if you kind of notice, they're not hitting the note changes with their voices and the note changes with the instruments at the same time, which still gives it a very much of a vibe from a music standpoint that it's kind of being made up on the spots. Uh, there's a couple of like yeah, slant rhyme improvised. things. Uh, totally. There's some there's some lines, like even especially with Finn's song where he's like kind of cramming a lot of words into too short of a bar, you know? And so it, <laughs> yeah, it had that yeah. improvisational feel while still being a very intentionally written song by the by the writers. Itself, and again, I think you know? Rebecca wrote that intentionally to sound improvised. And I think that's part of kind of what I, thought I was that, Yeah, like, and that's why I, I, I thought totally both of these were great. I, and I liked yeah. her more than Finn's song. But to break too. quickly, um, I'll, I'll own breaking down PB's one real quick. Um, okay, well, yeah, and that even it, goes into one. just right after that, man, because that's when, well, yeah, let's let's hit that and then we'll hit what happens to the BMO and we'll further into Marcy and PB's interactions. Yeah, well, PB automatically takes it in like the most PB direction. And I think this is what makes Marceline furious about about her is that she can she tries to take everything and dissect it into an equation. Um, so even after Marcy almost opened this door, and and it was missing something. PB was like, oh yeah, it's missing science and structure. And that mentality is what drives Marcy crazy about Princess Bubblegum. And she was like, it's it is about emotion. It, and like you you almost missed the important part of my song because now you're like, yeah, all it was missing was like uh structure and um what she say, the uh I missed the keyword, the um Qualums, qual- qual- I can't even remember, but yeah, basically, eighth. It was right like a, the British word for eighth notes. And the funny thing is, in PB's song, the only thing that is truly like structured is that she writes the mathematical formula for Euler's identity, which is considered an exemplar, exemplary. Excuse me, oh, I don't even know how to. It's all mathematical terms. Exemplar <laughs> of mathematical beauty, as it shows a profound connection between the most fundamental numbers in mathematics. Uh, in addition, it is directly used in a proof that pi is transcendental, which implies the impossibility of squaring the circle. Uh, but the cool thing in that definition that I wrote is, I was like, okay, what does transcendental mean? In mathematics, a transcendental number is a number that is not algebraic. That is a non-root of a non-zero polynomial of finite degree with rational coefficients. And I just love that definition because one, I hardly know what it means, but it used the term non-algebraic, which I was like, that sounds <laughs> so Finn-ish. And it'll be like, yep, she literally wrote an equation that is non-algebraic. And that's why her song sucked. <laughs> Dang. That's cool. Man, but I it was a, it's essentially a mathematical, things, it's a mathematical formula for uh, like a perfect circle, like defining a pi in a perfect circle. So she thinks she's going to use it because it's going to make a perfect song, but it lacks yeah. every bit of emotion, which is yeah. what, what Well, Marcy that's what I was going to say. I, I wish we got more from Princess Bubblegum. I wish she had sang to some degree because this entire episode is just people putting blame and responsibility on PB, especially Marceline. And we mm-hmm. don't get to hear her side. I, I want to know how PB actually feels other than at the very end with the t-shirt thing. But that's not her side about what happened or how she feels. That's just, oh, yeah, I I wear the shirt. And I mean, it's an incredible moment, but it's not quite the same that of what we get with Finn and with, yeah. um, with 
Marceline. Sorry, I'm yeah. thinking. I'm getting PB and Marceline all confused this episode because they're in the <laughs> same episode for the first time. But anyways, or like to this degree. Yeah, to this so degree. So she hurts BMO and Marceline goes, uh, looks like you aren't as perfect as you thought. And that's where that that big conflict, like this is like the moment, right? In my mind, other than the song, but when they're actually having the conflict, PB says, yeah, I, I never said I was perfect. Her. And then she spits on her, dude. You yeah, can't I thought that was a that. little not cool. I was like, you, I you just got all emotional that. and real and you just went straight to spitting on somebody. And I think that that shows that's why they haven't worked things out. Every time they get almost to the meat of their issues, one of the other, like one of them either goes hyper mathematic and let's, let's, let's analyze this relationship from a mathematical standpoint or Marcy who just spits and walks away, you know, (laughs) that is just so don't spin on people. (laughs) That's that's slow. I think that's, uh, that crosses (laughs) cultural boundaries that you don't spin on people. Yeah. Um, but PB does that cool arm kind of, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. weird Anger thing. arm walk away. Anger arm and just walks away. And probably the best thing she could do because how did she not just start railing on Marceline? I don't, I don't know how she held it in, but she put her arms up, walked away. And then, of course, Marcy tears up and also walks away. Everybody's quitting. Jake's quitting as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. Um, with Jake at least, but, and then later on you do have the t-shirt moment. They go there into the, the keepers or not the keepers, <laughs> the door Lord's lair and the rock shirt is given to Marceline because of course Marceline has a rock shirt and PB is like, no, actually that's my shirt. And that's very incredibly sweet moment where mm-hmm. Marceline is like, oh, you kept it. And PB is just like real. She's like, yeah, of course I did. Like I wear it to sleep, hang out or sleep in yeah, or whatever. But that, that's why, that's why I think it was so like PB plays it off. She's like, of course I did silly. And Marcy's like, no, that's not, that's not an obvious thing because yeah. I've literally been telling you that she, you're not showing any emotion. I have no idea how you are emotionally processing or emotionally processed or but Anything. to rest our yeah. relationship and, and PB's never given any sort of, uh, what would you call it? Feedback to Marceline of like, oh yeah, I'm sorry that you feel that way about me. Or I wish that wasn't the case and here's why. And this is the first mm-hmm. explanation that Marcy's gotten from her. And that's why she kind of puts, gets surprised, puts her guard down that she's like, oh, PB does care. She just does not show it at all. Like, even though she opens up about it at the end pretty easily, Marcy, I think, kind of stops and goes like, you could have just told me that. Like, you could have just told me that I still hold a special place in your life yeah, to some they, degree. Yeah, she was put on the you spot, know? for sure. I think she but, had to be put on the spot. And Marcy yeah, kind of yeah. was too with the, where's your item, Marceline? You know, mm-hmm. oh, you just want to hang out with us. <laughs> and that that loops is- into my my lesson and deep thought of the episode, which we'll get into after Finn's song, but it, it's, it's honesty. Yeah. And, it's just like, and, go with me. And in my opinion, yeah. I mean, it's just like she just wanted to prank PB. I think the whole purpose of Go With Me, that episode, is so that she can be hanging out with Finn and also, more importantly, hanging out with Princess Bob mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, she she knows that, that Finn's kind of – Finn is her friend for sure, but it's kind of – he is the now middleman to how she can still be around Princess Bubblegum again without – you know, because like I don't think they really hung out at all until Finn was in the – the glue of a friendship, you know? Yeah, I think I think you're right. The uh, 
All right. Well, let's get into Finn's song a little bit. The yeah, kind of so Decemberists Finn... vibe. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know why it was giving me Decemberist vibes, but. That no, I I love Finn's song. I, to start it off, like I know you you're you'll read some of the lines of it, but all of a sudden they when they break up the band and they're just walking away, he just starts singing because that is what Finn does. He just ad libs songs all the time in the show. Anyway, I don't even h- think he was thinking about it being a song that could keep the door open the door, but he just or starts singing. And he's like, together. "You like this? Yeah, yeah." Um. And then what he and then that was the kicker is he saw that all he was doing, he wasn't even writing a song for the purpose of opening the door. He was writing a song about how the breaking up of the band made him feel. And then he was like, that's what it needed. It needed an honest moment. And then Finn does a really good job of just busting it open and being like, the thing that I've been holding back on is my relationship with Princess Bubblegum. Oh, yeah. And my intentions of it and the, the fact chorus. that the chorus so is, um, but it's so cool because at this point when we've discussed it, like you and I have discussed it, we're like, oh yeah, Princess Bubblegum just, you know, flirts with him all the time and he likes her so much. And this song, I think really explains the fact that Finn has had a crush on her. She's really special in his life, but he has no intention or expectation that she's going to fall in love with him and be a girlfriend. Cause he's like, what am I, am I your knight or your brother? Or do you see me like a lover or like basically all of that stuff where he's like, I don't care if you explicitly say you want to date me. You don't want to date me. You need to just define the parameters of our relationship and what I am to you. Um, and that will help me calm down and probably get over this crush a lot more, you know? Yeah. Well, let's, um, let's read the yeah, first break line. it down. I mean, everyone bubblegum. And I don't want to sing this because I'm a terrible singer. And also no. <laughs> yeah, know, leave that to Jeremy for right sure. Reasons. Yeah. <laughs> bubblegum. Uh, I'm so dumb. I should have just told you what I lost was a piece of your hair, which <laughs> he's already being so sincere and so willing to be mm-hmm. open. He's, yeah. He, he, he realizes that the click is honesty and that he's like, okay, cool. Time to be honest. Yeah. Now it's gone, gone forever. But I guess what doesn't matter when I just, just had all of you there. And he's like, man, it was so great. Like really, I just wanted all of you guys to be my friends and be hanging out. And that was kind of honestly better than anything else that could have been going on. But then the next line I bolded is, if you've even, or if you're even my friends. So he's even kind of questioning. He's like, well, mm-hmm. like what, what is our dynamic? I know obviously Jake is my brother, but brother, like, yeah. how are me and PB? And also like Marcy, like I had a question on you for a split second in one episode and now we're just like buds and that's fine. But he, he's like, let's just be friends. If y'all actually see me as a friend, of course the chorus is, am I a joke, your knight or your brother? What am I to you? Do you look down on me because I'm younger? Do you think I don't understand? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Dude, I love it. I don't yeah, even feel like I need it's to so, comment it's on so it. Good it's so it, good. It puts the dynamic of Finn of not just he's emotional because she doesn't like him. He's emotional because he's like, I want to be a part of your life because I'm your friend. I hope you're my friend too. But in order for that to happen, I, I need to see how you see me. I need to see 
what Finn looks like through Princess Bubblegum's eyes because then he can begin to process his emotions better. If you, if yeah. you see me like a little brother, let me know uh, because then I can process the crush will, will probably more easily go away because yeah. it's going to become more of a brotherly, sisterly. Or am I your knight? Like, am I just the man that does business for you? Like, am I just your another one of your, you know, people that work in your kingdom? Do you even see me as somebody to have bro talk with or a you know, friend to talk with? Um, so yeah, basically, yeah. Obsessing uh, over here. I'll, I'll forget that I lost, this is another line from the song, I'll forget that I lost a piece of your hair. I'll remember the pasta that was shared over there. Which is, a, again, talking about Rebecca Sugar, referencing earlier season two, episode 10, to cut a woman's hair. Mm-hmm. Their pasta date, their spaghetti date. It's so good the way she did all of that with both of the songs. It's it's phenomenal. The doors don't, I noted that they don't add their harmonies until kind of later in the song because it doesn't add as much to the song as it did with Marceline's song. Mm-hmm. But the best part for me, is for this song at least, is not even the song itself, but the images and the shots, like the key frames that they chose, the artist chose yeah. for Fenn and for PB and Marceline. And PB and Marceline saying harmonies together, you got Finn rocking out, looking like Queen at the very end. Where yeah, he's I was going to say, it's too super there. Freddie Mercury at the end. Uh, awesome. I was going to say, though, so I good. saw the part of the song that I'd say that I didn't like just from the musical standpoint was the key change. The kind of he key changes like right at the last uh, chorus. Like, But then when you said, oh, yeah, the actual door is, you know, the pitch of the door is going higher and higher and higher and louder and louder and louder. And they actually had to key change in order to keep with the tone that the oh, door, because it was so, getting higher yeah. pitched. And so I was like, oh, okay, that makes a little bit more sense why they decided to key change was to to match the the sound of the door, which I thought was cool. Yeah, the ending on the door break, I'm not even trying to sing it like he does it because of the yeah, like, but, modulations he does or whatever. But it's so sick, dude. The face, the microphone, the door is acting like spotlights on Finn. It's phenomenal. Yeah, and another cool thing is when it happens, it shines all light, but there's not like an – I was expecting almost for a second an explosion or the door to crumble or the door to bust open, but it's all it is is just it flashes light and then it's gone. So kind of maybe more like metaphysically speaking, the only thing keeping them out was themselves. There was no actual door there. Ever well, because it didn't was break the door there. Because I know I'm not... just getting very metaphysical here. You know? <laughs> I was gonna say because all it does is it switches the view from inside the room to outside. It's almost like the room is situated in a different part of the universe or whatever. And it's a the door is just a portal to yeah, just like all those other key doors, dude. The freaking door lord is awesome. We totally haven't talked much about him this episode. Well, we've mentioned him, but. Yeah, he must do squats. He's so. fantastic. He was almost my lovely. I, I don't know how we. I almost a had a green monster with teleporting powers, but he gave me too much punchable vibes to really? be a lovely. And it, it, very magic man. It's magic man mixed with the keeper from the Enchiridion. You know, but he does crazy squats as Jake he mentioned. He does crazy squats. <laughs> it it he, is, I would say, in terms of a magic power, that is an. That's a great magic awesome power. Awesome magic power. Awesome and magic power. He wanted to teach them the power of friendship and of being together. And you see him at the end, he's <laughs> no, so happy. He's he like, didn't. Mmm. That was you his know? cop out. That was totally that. That's why I was like, no. that's his magic man moment. Of it's like, 
I'm trying to teach chance. you a lesson. Look at his face, dude. His face. He was so pumped <laughs> that they got it. He was all about, heck yes, they got the lesson. They finally figured it out. <laughs> I, I don't I'm know. I, I still Lord, think Lord he, <laughs> he was eating a sandwich in there, which he stole. So he obviously didn't care. <laughs> he wasn't going to give them their stuff back either. You know that. Uh, no, of course he wasn't going to. Well, unless they learned the lesson. That would have been, see, I think he was just trying to do a diversion tactic. And he's like, you got it. Like, now yeah, don't be mad at get me. get out of there and they beat him up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But needless to say, I wish, I don't think the Door Lord ever, unless there's some bizarre background mention of the Door Lord again later on, this is the last appearance of the Door Lord. So, oh, man. a little bit of a bummer. Do you, how do you feel, or how do you think that BMO feels about everybody? Because this is, we didn't get much from BMO or how he feels or a song, like a BMO song, like an 8-bit ditty. Yeah, I was shocked a little. I think they had to focus it on Marcy and BB in this episode and adding oh, a BMO sense. dynamic. Yeah. Um, I think BMO was uh, happy to just be there. I think BMO spends so much lonely time in the treehouse that yeah. he was like, yeah, like I, I don't think he had much to say because he's probably just like, yeah, I, I can be an instrument, like happy to just be a part of the gang this time and not, with not much to say. Ben's song didn't even mention him though. Like it was kind of sad in a sense. I feel, I like BMO a lot. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to get more BMO love in this episode. But as you mentioned, this is very much a Marceline and Princess Bubblegum episode. We don't necessarily need to add another character into the yeah. fray of that. And Finn already did that with himself where he's like, well, what about me? What about my problems with PB, you know? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, we'll get, well, trust me, man. We'll get some more three-dimensional BMO uh, exposition later on. So that's, it's coming. Okay, cool. Um, I got man, a like, what's your, you, yeah, I was going to ask you what your lesson was. My lesson is uh, it's never too late to take a noodle break. <laughs> that's very <laughs> true. What's your lesson? Uh, my lesson goes deep. Um, kind of a more theme of the episode than a lesson is that like the whole theme is about honesty and that the, everything that each character was lacking in this episode was the inability to honestly express themselves. Um, Marcy, with the way that she was dancing around the fact that she wants to repair the relationship with Bubblegum, and when she almost finishes the song and that and and she could have started the conversation and been like, I want to be honest. I want to work on this relationship. I want to work on being friends again. Um, then she diverts and she's like, okay, that's yeah. too much. I can't yeah, be that it. honest. Finn doesn't want to be honest or hadn't been honest really with himself. And, uh, you know, PB was hiding the fact that she, you know, cared about Marceline enough that the shirt was still really special. And the big thing in the theme of where it gets to my lesson is the fact that they were able to be honest and process the way they felt when they said it out loud. Um, again, that's why I think therapy is really important is that if you get into these emotional cycles, like, like Marceline, where you're mad and it makes you sad that you're mad, but then that makes you more angry. As soon as she said it out loud, she was able to actually go, Oh, that is the truth. And she processed it for a moment there. Same with Finn. I think he was so confused and, and, about bubblegum that as soon as he kind of laid it out there, he's like, that's the way I feel. Wow. I don't really. And it's like a weight off your shoulders. Once that's expressed out loud in the on, the truth is either out there for the public or even for yourself, even just saying something out loud. And you're like, I 
cool. Like I don't have to dwell and have that spinning and like I said, the emotional drying cycle anymore. Yeah. So my lesson is if you are confused, dwelling over something, overthinking, take a moment with a loved one by yourself, start saying it out loud and it can really help you just get your honest feelings on paper. That's why people always say like, write a letter to the person you're mad at and then throw it away. Because once it's out there, you can either look at how honest your emotions are and process it or go, hey, my my feelings are really silly and I shouldn't be mad about this and and then throw it away, you know? So that's yeah, my, that's my, that's deep, you know, little lesson in this, in this episode. That's good. Ned, I do, I got a question for you. Uh, yeah, hit me, man. To go a little lighter note. Most honest it, song you've ever heard? Most honest song you've ever heard. Most honest song you ever wrote. What was it about? No. How long is too long to hold on to an item that you had from a previous mm. relationship? Is it like a quarter of the length of the relationship? Or I don't, I don't really know if there's a rule for that. Know. I'm curious what you think. I don't know. It. Because a quarter would be like, if it was a month, then you have a, a week-ish. If it was a year, then you have a I think months. It, it, yeah, it, it depends on what it is. There was a letter I kept from an old relationship because it was, I broke up with a, a girlfriend and she wrote this long letter. But it always, I kept it because it just contextualized and helped me like remember, okay, like here's a lot of reasons why we broke up. And I, I held on to that for a long time because I'd read and it. You broke you know, up with her? Yeah. Yeah. She like, she wrote me this like long letter, but it was like kind of the reminder of like, um, okay, like here's why we broke up. I'm not like emotional about it. Um, yeah. but in terms of like key items that are like, yeah, a sweatshirt that was exchanged. I say if the, you had to put a rule of thumb on it, honestly, by the time you are about to start a next relationship, that stuff needs to be gone. Anything that yeah. you was like, that would make you like harbor emotion okay. about that last relationship. You can't begin to work on the next relationship until that thing's gone. You know? Yeah, I agree. If you're in a relationship and you're still wearing the hat from your previous significant other, I feel like you're, you're not ready to date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're not ready I, for the next relationship. I totally agree. And I, there were a lot of red flags for one of my relationships, my like first, you know, love or whatever you want to say from like freshman year of college and that was one of them. She had a hat from this freaking uh, South Carolina hat, man, Gamecocks. <laughs> and I yeah. hate it. I was like, why are you wearing that? And she's like, I don't know. You know, like he gave it to me, but like, I just don't have any other hats. <laughs> red, flag, like, red flag, yeah, red flag, red yeah, flag, not, not good. <laughs> yeah, we actually, we, we just cleaned out my house and I had like an old Valentine's gift from an old girlfriend. Like, I, like it was like a stuffed animal. Oh my and gosh. I was like, yeah, I just never you threw just it away. It. And I was like, yeah, okay, like, because we were cleaning out my mom's What'd uh, house. Say? Oh, well, she was okay. like, let's burn it. it. And I was like, yeah, we could burn it. It <laughs> wasn't care. at your new house with her. Okay. No, 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 no. Move. It was at my mom's. <laughs> okay, it was like from high school. And I was like, yeah, I think <laughs> I, it was like a, it was like a three foot That's stuffed good. monkey. And I was like, and it had like happy Valentine's day on it. And I was like, yeah, oh, I think I didn't gosh. throw it away. Cause it was just like uneconomical to throw away a three foot bear. Yeah. You know, I had a, um, a painting and I think that made it, uh, like a month or two and I was just like I gotta get rid of this thing like I'm yeah, not over her and this is not helping and honestly yeah. it wasn't that great of a painting so I didn't feel too bad about throwing it away I get that but, though I do have to say on another light note I had um, I was thinking about honest songs and I was like oh man you can you can go really deep into like what's the most honest 
best written song ever. Um, I, I think the most honest, probably the shortest song I've ever heard in my life uh, that's not deep is Built This Pool by Blink-182. And oh, the wow. only line of the song is, woo-oo, woo-oo, I want to see some naked dudes. That's why I built this pool. And that's the song. And it's just like one riff. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I want to see some naked dudes. That's why I built this pool. Uh, and that's it. And I was like, honesty, boom, there it is. Allie would call them for sure whiny boy rock. And I was thinking <laughs> of Weezer. Weezer also got a lot of whiny boy rock. Um, like I was thinking of the song where he's talking about this girl who lives in Japan. And he has her letter, like a fan letter. And he's like, but you have my song. It's so silly, but Whiny Boy Rock. And then, of course, Finn's song, Allie goes, is this Whiny Boy Rock? Does this count as Whiny Boy Rock? I'm like, is this you a, know? Was this song written by The Fray? It does sound a little bit like Whiny Boy Rock. What am I to you? You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. That's fair. Well, everybody, thank you all for hanging out with us for an hour today. This was great. Yeah. Good one. Um, we really appreciate it. Of course, y'all can follow us on all our socials, which I'll say in a minute. But if you haven't, give us a review. Tell us about your review. And we'll send you a sticker. We've got a bunch of them still. We'd love to send out as many of these stickers as we can. Hit us up on Apple Podcasts with that review or iTunes or whatever it is that you can review us on. Even if it's like Spotify or something and it's just a rating, let us know you did it and we'll send you a sticker. We don't mind. The Instagram, in fact, we wish you would. Instagram at Neverending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast, email us at nea.travelerslog at gmail.com for all your thoughts, opinions about the show, about the podcast, about me or Ned, and we'll get on those with a Traveler's Log segment, which we always love doing. And yeah, man, I mean, every Tuesday, we'll be back next Tuesday. I can't imagine next week's episode is going to be nearly as deep or amazing in my opinion as this episode was but it it could it could be it could get there i mean it's just few and far between sometimes it's it's i think there's more good fun episodes there's more deep stuff coming up in season 3 but we get some fun episodes that uh really go into some of the characters you didn't think would get some uh some good screen time and then we are, we're diving into like all of the are now our like list character stories and this yeah. and that's i think it's just fun more than anything i want that i do want that i mean like i said i want to build the we have characters i want to build the world more and expand on what we already have and truthfully man like this episode for me is a standout i really do think this is an episode that made me really appreciate adventure time just a little bit more yes and absolutely and yeah you, you've been i feel that. like you've been waiting for an episode like this hardcore this season yeah, plus music. I mean, whenever they incorporate yeah. songs and adventure time, they do. It, they always great. do it, and they did a really good job of saying, you know, sometimes it's like a little ditty, or sometimes it's one emotional song like "Daddy, Why'd You Eat My Fries," and this one hyper focuses on the importance of the music, and I like that too. Yeah, and I'm glad they're not bringing in like external. They're having actual voice actors who are all. Like very talented, or at least Marcy. Yeah, Jeremy Shade has got his own music career now. They're very know? talented so. artists and singers, and I love that they're using those people at whatever phase of their life that they are, or phase of like musicianship that they are. As Jeremy was very young when a lot of this mm -hmm. came out, like, and they they used him and his vocals, and they're not like they're not doing a Disney thing where it's like, oh, okay, this guy's got a hell of a voice, but that's not the right, you know, or. 
They're not using yeah. Elton John to write. Uh, and of yeah, course, not, it's a cartoon. You're it's not, not going off movie, the cuff and, and yeah, you're you're using yeah. like your characters to write music, and it gives it a lot more authenticity in the show. Yeah, rather than Anyways, having yeah different voices. But we love will, Rebecca Sugar. She killed it this episode. Absolutely killed she, it. She killing it. Well, yeah. Thanks, you guys. See you next Tuesday. Of course, party forever. And you know in my best NPR voice, love that you guys. <laughs> <laughs>